Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' series, a month-long event celebrating the authors and narrators that bring romance stories to life. Listen along as Viviana, Enchantress of Books, interviews your favorite writers and voices, share special guest posts, and stay tuned for some special information at the conclusion of the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with guest narrator Rose Dioro. Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Rose. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. No, thank you. Greatly appreciated. Why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating and how you got started? Sure. Um, Well, I've been doing voiceover work um, since about 2009. And I started in narration, I want to say in 2015. So I've been doing it for a while. But um, I'm also a theater actor. And that was really my primary, you know, I sort of was doing both things side by side, um, but I'm just, I'm actually just now really focusing, starting to focus on narration more full time. So that's a new, that's a new sort of approach for me. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think a lot of times the the narrators start like, oh, I'll just do this as a side hustle. Mm-hmm. And then they, they discover that they really enjoy it. And then also when the funds start coming in, that it could be very about like, oh, I can do this full time. Sure. Ooh. Yeah. And stay in Definitely my PJs. Than theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like I said, bonus, you can stay in your PJs. You yes. Know? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to do that every day? Oh, <laughs> if I, I would have known I could do stuff like that and be a narrator or like a graphic designer for book covers or hell even the photographer for the book covers. Gee darn, that's a hard gig, right? Um <laughs> I would have totally gone that route, but they didn't say things like that to you. No, they wanted you to be an English teacher or a doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when you get a, you get cast and you get the book for a narration, how do you prep it? What's your prepping process? Um, well, I, first I see if there's any notes that the author or the publisher production company, whoever it is I'm working with um, has sent me like specific things they want me to be thinking about as I read through the script. Um And then I just start reading. I read through the whole thing and I take pretty thorough notes. Um, I'm in general in my life, I'm a note taker and I'm a super detail oriented person. And that definitely filters into my work life. So I have, um, I read off of an iPad and I use this app that lets me have a a text open. And also on top of that sort of put like note paper, um, you know, digital note paper. And so I create notes where I break down the chapters and which characters show up in each chapter. Um, uh, And I write, you know, as I'm reading through, I'll I'll mark all of this up. Um, And then I also do character breakdowns for, for character. I I start by doing characters as they show up, um, but sometimes it turns out, you know, a named character will appear, but you don't, you only see them in one scene. So I might delete that or just, you know, not add any notes to it, but I take pretty extensive notes on, information I pick up about each character as I read. Um, And as I said, I kind of mark down who shows up where throughout the book. And then I have a section for questions or notes that I want to, like pronunciations that I need to check up on or um, questions that I have that come up for the author or the production company um, that I want to make sure I don't forget. And, uh, And yeah, so I just, I mark everything up that way. And then if I'm doing a dual narration, Um, I check in with my co-narrator and, you know, we try to get together on accents and voices and and all that kind of stuff. So it's consistent throughout the book. Have you done a duet narration before? And what does that look like when you have done it? 
I haven't done a duet oh. narration. I would really like to. Um, I'm, you know, as a theater performer, that the idea of like actually getting to work on scenes with someone else is very exciting <laughs> to me. Um, and I, I would love to do that. But and I suspect it's in my future, but I haven't had the opportunity yet. Yeah, when I was looking through your catalog, I'm like, I didn't see anything. But because you guys are constantly um, recording, like stuff that's not going to come out for a couple more months. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of projects going on behind the scenes right yeah. now that are not reflected on my Audible mm. page. <laughs> yes, yes. I was going, hmm, maybe she'll give a hint. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're making these notes for um, the prep work about the characters, how do you go about selecting how these characters are going to sound, like their tones and things like that? Hmm. Well, I try to... You know, I try to take as many cues from from the script, from from the text as I can. Um, authors are so wonderful about writing in physical descriptions and like the kind of clothes people wear and the way their voices, you know, a lot of times you get hints as to what their voices might sound like too. And I just, I get really clear pictures in my head from all of those clues. Um, and when I picture somebody I don't know. The voice just kind of comes out. It's a hard question to answer. I think sometimes a character will remind me of, you know, another character in a movie or a TV show I've seen or of a person that I know. And so some of the inspiration could come from from those things. Um, but mostly I just once I've read through everything and I've got all my notes and I start recording, um, I you know, sometimes I'll read out loud while I'm prepping and play with some voices, but mostly I get in the booth. I start recording and see what comes out after doing, having done all that research um, and prep. And if I like it, I will stick with that. And I will make like a MP3 clip of that character voice and put it in a little file on my computer so that I can always reference it. Um, if I don't like it, I'll just keep doing that line until I get a voice that, that feels right to me. <laughs> and then I'll do the same. I'll save it and put it in my little file folder on my computer so I can keep track and, and keep keep the recording consistent throughout yeah you mentioned how sometimes you uh characterize the character's tones based on people that you might know do you mm -hmm. ever find yourself kind of going hey friend come over here can you say this for me to see just <laughs> how that word would sound when they say it and they're going no 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 you're doing it so <laughs> <thinking>, aren't you <laughs> um no you know I've only done that when there's like a specific accent or even a language something you know I, I've you know I had to if I have to record something in a different language that I don't speak, I'll sometimes reach out to a friend and just make sure that my pronunciations are really mm -hmm. spot on. Um, most of the time, though, for voices, it's just it's just a, a hint of of what that person sounds like in my head. It doesn't have to be super accurate. But I do. That being said, I will. Do, I spend a lot of time on YouTube looking for clips of various things as part of my research and prep. Mm -hmm. When I have a sound, I'm I'm looking for, um, especially if it's like from a you know a character in a movie or something sometimes I'll look for a clip from that movie and and just kind of sit with that sound for a little while um but I don't think I've ever asked <laughs> I don't think I've ever asked a friend to just speak for me or say this line so I can kind of mimic what they're doing I think that might freak them out <laughs> <laughs> well I know sometimes you guys get asked by your friends that know that you do voiceover work and mm -hmm. that there's accents and stuff like I've had the the stories shared where they're at a party and they're going, hey, you, do that voice, do that voice, you know, yeah, so I'm like, yeah. <laughs> turn the flip the tables on them. You do that yeah. voice. I need yeah. to the book. 
And I'm a, I'm a musician too. And so that's come up a lot for me over, over my lifetime, really, of people wanting me to sing or perform for them in some way. I tend to try to decline <laughs> because I am, um, even as a lifelong performer, I have stage fright. Like I, as you can tell, probably from my descriptions, I am a super thorough person and do lots of preparation and rehearsal for everything that I do. So I, I tend to not like to perform on the spot, though I've tried to break out break out of that box a little bit as I've grown into my adulthood. <laughs> but um, yeah, and but with accents too, I'll do that on occasion when someone asks me, but usually the only people that I'll really just like pull out an accent for are my children who mm-hmm. love to like have me say a million things and a bunch of funny voices and, and different accents and stuff all the time. So I'll always do it for them. Yeah. <laughs> they're the luckiest ones, I guess, the, <laughs> or however you want to look at it. They get what they're asking for anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's too cute. Speaking of accents, we as listeners are suckers for accents. We love it when you guys get a character and there has to be a, a either, you know, fill in the blank accent. I think that we love mm-hmm. them all. Is there one that you love to, that's your favorite to perform? Um, I don't know. I've, I've answered this question a bunch of different ways whenever I've been asked it. Cause I feel like it changes day to day how mm-hmm. I feel about it, but I, I don't know. Favorite isn't really the right word, I think. Um, cause I just love, I just love working on accents period. Um, and that's been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. I've always been fascinated by the ability to manipulate your voice. Um, like the human's ability to manipulate your voice and sound however you want to sound. Um, I grew up in the South, so Southern accents are come really easily to me, like, you know, all Southern accents. Um, and, and I think because they're very closely related, you know, British accents, the variations of British accents are also very comfortable for me. So those are ones that I could just like do completely without thinking. Um, and I'm always excited when projects come my way that require one of those because it's just like, oh yeah, this is this is something I can do for sure. Um, I think the ones I I guess ones that are really fun for me are mm-hmm. Russian um, and like Eastern European Yiddish, like old world mm-hmm. accents. I really <laughs> I really like those. I, there's not a lot of call for Russian or especially Yiddish accents, but. Um, in, in audiobooks anyway, but I've had a few and I've done other voiceover work that, that called for those kinds of accents. And I find, I have a lot of fun with those, but, um, really any opportunity to perform in an accent, I will, I will say yes to you. Cause it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. types of work to do. Yeah. And I was about to say about the fun, if you're kind of like thinking about like when it comes down to the favorite, sometimes it's like, well, they're not favorite. They're like, so which is the most fun? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, because we all have that. So on the flip side, what's the hardest accent for you to perform? Well, I, in the past, I maybe would have said Australian, but I just recently did a book that called for an Australian accent. And I have another one coming up in the fall. And um, I was lucky enough to be working with an Australian colleague, um, and they helped guide me to make sure that I didn't sound awful on it. Um, <laughs> and it feels much less scary now. That's one of the ones that my kids are like, they're always asking me to do because, <laughs> because um, this is kind of a funny story, actually, a little bit of a tangent. But when I was trying to work on my Australian accent, I was reading books to my kids and I said, I'm going to try this. 
going to try to do this in Australian accent. It was terrible. That was at the point where I was like, I really could not get it. And so I was reading this book to them in this awful, awful accent that was supposed to be Australian. And they were just cackling. They thought it was so funny um, because it sounded ridiculous. And then all of a sudden, I kind of, I found a word. I don't even remember what it was, but I got one word that made it click for me. Mm -hmm. And um, and then all of a sudden I could do it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can speak in an Australian accent. And then I was reading to them this whatever picture book we were reading in my Australian accent. I was like, oh yeah, this is, this works. I, you know, it was like a start anyway. And then I was able to fine tune it a bit more, but so that one used to be really scary for me and it's less so now. Um, one accent that I have never tried to do, and I am very, I don't even know where to begin with is a New Zealand accent. Um, which is similar to the Australian accent, but definitely not an Australian accent. And I don't know, <laughs> I've yet to figure out what the what nuances the are that you know. make them different. Um, so that one's a little hard. And also, I know this is so cliche because everyone says New Zealand and, um, and South African. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, both of those are, are hard for me. <laughs> when you're Still doing that. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of those that you set up when that one work just clicked. I think just, it's funny how our brains work. It's like, it realizes that there was a tongue movement or a tone or something and it goes, Oh, that's how I'm supposed to do it. Got it. Okay. Right. Yeah. When you're doing these accents, do you get stuck on them? Like, do you walk around the house? <laughs> oh my gosh. I spend half the day whispering to myself and funny in like different accents. <laughs> Um, anytime I'm like watching something or listening to something and a person has a really distinct sound, I copy them. I will just like repeat what they're saying. I try to make sure no one's around because I look like a lunatic. Um, but I do this all the time. It reminds me of, I don't know if you saw that movie, um, from many years ago now, but in a world, it was about, it was about voiceover with, um, Oh gosh, I can picture her face, but I can't think of her name right now. She has a really interesting name, I think. Um, uh, she's a famous actor, but she wrote and starred in the movie and it was all about voiceover and she was a voiceover actor and her dad was supposed to be one of like the, you know, there's like five guys that used to do all the promos for every movie mm -hmm. um, and her, the character's dad was one of those guys. And so she was kind of competing in this world with her own father, but um, the point is, is that she spends a lot of the movie just recording people's accents as she talks to them on this little tape recorder and then going back home and listening to their voices and repeating what they're saying, um, trying to perfect the accents. And that's totally me. I loved that movie so much because I saw so much of myself in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, 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 you know, sometimes when you hear it, it's catchy. And some people have this thing about the accents that they just pick it up real quick. Mm. And, um, I have to watch that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, like it's one of those, like those, the Texan accents. I have family in Texas. They're born and raised in Connecticut and they moved when they were younger mm -hmm. to Texas. And so they have this interesting little twang and if sure. I spend more than two days with them, all of a sudden I'm starting to, and I'm going, this stuff, you're going to think <laughs> yeah. you're making fun of them. Um, but it's not, <laughs> it just, it just clicks, you know, oh, the times right. that I go to Savannah, Georgia, there's a little bit of that Southern twang that happens there. And I'm going, ah, <laughs> <it's."> <laughs> yeah, it rubs off on you. If you spend a lot, enough time mm -hmm. in a place where there are really distinct ways of speaking. Oh gosh. Yes. And then like my sister's boyfriend is, uh, 
um, Southern too. And he has these things. And I'm going, if I go back to Orlando with an accent, y'all, and I go there, I did it. I did it. Ah, the whole <laughs> y'all thing. And I'm going, I'm going to kick you. <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun. When it comes down to narrating different styles of books, whether it's dual point of view or solo, um, do you have a preference or do you have one that you like have more fun with? I know you were kind of touching on that a little bit before. Um, I mean, it's nice when you have a book all to yourself because there's, because you can just, you know, make a lot of choices on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I don't, I don't think I have a preference. I mean, I like, I like both ways for different reasons. Um, it's nice, you know, it's always wonderful to be able to work with other people in any capacity. This is such a, you know, I spend so much time alone <laughs> all the time alone when I'm working anyway. Um, so it, it's definitely a nice thing when you have other people on your team, but you, I mean, but I would say you get that in some ways with a, you know, with, with something you record, you know, a solo book, because you're still working with your client, you know, you're still working with the publisher, with the author, whoever you're collaborating with. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I like both ways, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with both. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's your favorite part of narrating romance? The the fans, for sure. Like the community is mm-hmm. amazing. And unlike anything I've ever <laughs> experienced before. Um, and the authors, like just, which I guess falls under the category of community as well. It's just mm-hmm. like really a a beautiful space to be in. And I feel so lucky to have found myself <laughs> sort of fallen into it. Um yeah. Yeah. That's what I like. Mm-hmm. So romance, I tend to say it's an umbrella term with mm-hmm. a bunch of subgenres underneath it, which is where you get the urban fantasy, the rom-coms, contemporary, so on and so forth. Is there a favorite subgenre of romance that you love to perform? Um, again, with the favorites, it's so Sorry. hard. Okay. Well, like more, hard. more fun, more fun <laughs> to perform. Let's do it that way. What's, what, what's more fun for you? when it comes down to these different subgenres, I, this is going to sound a little weird. Um, I, I think I have equal amounts of fun doing rom-com specifically, you know, stuff with a lot of funny moments mm-hmm. um, as I do with like really dark stories because I'm a super cheery person in general, but for some reason I've always been drawn to very complicated dark in terms of of act you know in my performing life um dark dark stories and dark characters and people who are really working through stuff so they're both of those are very fun for me but in different ways um I think there's some catharsis in in telling a really dark story and being able to tap into you know all of the internal stuff that we all kind of carry with us um Mm -hmm. even if it's not specifically the same thing the characters are going through in the book so there's, there's something really great for me about that. Um, but who wouldn't love to, you know, perform something that makes them laugh? Like it's, it's, and to know that you're making other people laugh is such a joy. So I think both of those things are sort of at the top of my list. Speaking of the dark romance, I found you through Havoc, which was mm-hmm. Deborah Anastasia's um, book, second book in her series that she's doing with her standalones but they're part of the same world right and that was a character that you portrayed that was 
difference and had mm. a difficult upbringing but was kick ass yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah Deborah writes these strong strong women and I just love it so much I love I love recording books for her um for that uh, for many reasons but for that reason especially um because yeah they go her characters often go through these really tumultuous situations but the women especially are tend to be so strong and so interesting um and yeah especially in that book <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah well that that stood out for me it was that there was um you know that he was a secondary character in the first book and everybody was like ooh, ooh is he gonna get his own book he's gonna get a book mm -hmm. we're going yeah okay well, i'm sure great and then he they, they do and then they cast benjamin charles which is how mm -hmm. i found him too and i'm going oh i love you yeah <laughs> And then they had this character and because you, you try to figure out who, how is this author going to pair this, you know, hard ass man who gives no shits and stuff like that mm -hmm. with a woman that's going to make him want to be with her, but also kill for her, but also be all cute lovey-dovey in his own way. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, you get in the earbuds and I'm going, oh, hi, you're it, <laughs> got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> And that also has a lot of flashbacks. So you've had yeah. to do a voice where it's a little bit younger, but still keep that hardness based on the character's upbringing. I don't want to do any spoilers yeah, um, and stuff like that, but still then change into that older, she's grown up kind of a voice. Mm -hmm. That must be um, from a range perspective, like you plan that stuff out as a planner. I'm sure you do. Yes, I, yes, I do. <laughs> I for sure do. Because those changes are really subtle. It's still the same person. Uh -huh. I've done that. Deborah keeps doing this to me. Actually. <laughs> Deborah, are you yeah. listening? No. <laughs> no, it's actually so fun. And it's another reason why I really enjoy mm -hmm. recording her books. Um, I it's a fun acting journey to play the same character and only yeah, here's the thing. Like if I were doing that on stage. I would, you know, we would show some of this through costume and wigs and lighting and makeup. You'd be able to show that age and also physicality. Um, the way you carry yourself would be different as a 30 year old versus like a 13 year old or whatever, you know, um, that's not the age range of the characters, but just as an example. Um, but when it's just your voice, it's, you got to get a lot more creative um, mm. because it's the same person. You can't change the voice. You just have to age it. And it's not like they're turning into like an elderly person. So it's not really aged. It's just a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so how do you demonstrate that um, so that it makes sense to the listener? So that's been a really fun challenge in, in Deborah's books, especially it's come across, come up in, in other books too. But I think, I think in every, I think in almost every book I've recorded for Deborah, that's something that I've, that I've had to work <laughs> through <laughs> yeah. there's some authors out there that they they love audiobooks and they they write specific for the audiobook mm -hmm. itself as far as you know less tags or they'll there's actually some authors that do it and then they have the evil laugh that comes along with it to trip you know the narrators because they have such a girl like, like oh i'm gonna fuck with her this time <laughs> or stretch their their limits to see how they can do it and it's also funny too when you see them sometimes on social media with those bantering but deborah loved how you perform things and because i got a, a chance to talk to her on the podcast uh, a little while ago i think it was last year if i'm correct and i got to meet her too at a conference and she was so sweet yeah she's, she's yeah really sweet yeah and just mm -hmm. raving about 
the you know the audiobooks because she's a fan too of audiobooks so it's mm. always it's love it when the, audio, the authors are at that as well hmm. when it comes down to the genres is there one that you have yet to narrate in that you're itching for I don't well I've never hmm, I don't think I've ever done any kind of um fantasy like uh I don't even know is fantasy the right word like um Mm-hmm. you know like with dragons or something <laughs> like it could fit under fantasy or even now paranormal so. yeah yeah I guess paranormal I guess paranormal or like um something with with vampires or I've never done anything like that I don't mm-hmm. know that I'm looking to mm-hmm. um but I don't know I mean I guess the truth is is that it's all acting and I don't really it doesn't really matter to me what the genre is. I know I said, like, I, if I had to choose, like, I guess my, the two mm-hmm. that I have the most fun with are rom-coms and then like super dark, but, but, but it's all acting. So it's all an opportunity to just get to live in somebody else's imagination for a little while. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. that I'm, I feel like I'm missing out on anything. I'll, t- I'll take whatever anybody feels they, they want to hear me in, okay. um, in terms of style, I guess. Do you have a favorite or a fun character type to play? You know, like the girl next door, the kick-ass, you know, assassin for hire. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think those like really strong, really broken people <laughs> are what I like to play most because they're just the, they're most fun as an acting exercise. Um, they bring the strongest or, or the most um, filled out backstories with them. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like to me, it, or that's how it's played out for me. And I really love that. Like you can get, you can understand so much about who they are by the, just a little bit of information you get right up, you know, at the top of the book usually. And, and I love, I mean, anytime someone gets to overcome some big obstacle that's been put in their way is, I like that. I like to play with that. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is always going to be fun. Be something that you're not or be something that you want to <laughs> a little bit more of here and there. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be fine. Um, you mentioned um, that one, the, the audiobook community is something that you really enjoy about being a narrator. Mm-hmm. What aspects of this audiobook community has surprised you? in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, listeners really rally around authors, certainly, but also also narrators. And um, it's just such a, it's just so heartwarming, I guess, to know that that people take the time to let you know um, what your work means to them and how much they enjoyed it. And that's, that's just a really nice thing. Um, And, and I love that this that people who are you know fans of romance have found a way to find each other and get to talk about the books that they love and I don't know you know as a woman like we (laughs) we live in a world where you're told like you you can't be don't be sexy but don't be a prude don't be you know like all these rules Uh that you have to follow and I think Romance has been a game changer for, for women um, and has given, and the community has rallied together in a way that has allowed people who experience these books um, to feel free to, to talk about it and enjoy it together. 
and that they can live all over the world and connect and that they want to take the time to go to like conventions and events and things um, to meet one another and to meet the authors and the narrators and all the people involved. Um, I don't know. There's, it's just unusual. Like I, I've never experienced something like that before. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's something really, really interesting and exciting and lovely about it. I kind of like this guy because they get it. Like when you talk to a mm-hmm. non-book lover uh, <laughs> or one that just reads casually here and there, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. And then you, you get animated because you're passionate about it um, or you love something and you're just trying to share it and they just don't get it. But then you get with one of the other people mm-hmm. that it's just in, like you are or have, or you guys figure it out and found out that you have the same favorite narrator and you know rose and you're going oh my god and then it's almost you this whole thing just gets extra animated and we get to discuss books that we love books that you should listen to it's a really great community that i am really happy that we have and that to be proud to be part of because it's it's lots of fun Mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's it's also i mean i i may be wrong about this but it doesn't seem like it exists in other parts of uh, the literary world in this way. I mean, maybe like, um, maybe with spe- specifically with like fantasy and sci-fi, mm-hmm. like those sorts of genres, but just, you know, fiction, like literary fiction, I guess, is more of a solo thing. Like I read this book, I read it by myself, I experience it myself. And like, maybe I put on my Goodreads, like I really liked this book or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I, it doesn't, I haven't gotten the sense that there's the same kind of camaraderie and community as there is in romance in the romance world specifically um and I and I do think that my assumption is that that comes out of the like almost like we're the misfits or we're the outcasts or we're the people (laughs) we're like the misunderstood people you know who read Mm -hmm. who read romance um and so we're gonna gather together because like you said like we get each other we get it or we have the same interests and yeah Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, years ago, it was very taboo. You know, right? Yeah, you, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, you you read romance in secret. Totally. And, <laughs> you know, you you grab the book at the library and you sat in the corner by yourself because <laughs> heaven forbid anybody saw that you were in the romance section. Right, and you I know? think it just like people realize that oh wait, there are other people like me. There are other people uh-huh. reading in secret, and why why must we do it in secret? Like, let's be friends. Yes, <laughs> let's, yeah. Like connect. Well, there's a meme like that. It's one of those, like, you see people reading the same type of book or the same genre, and you're going, are you, yes, you're, okay, we're friends now, (laughs) you know, and stuff like that. Uh, But Mm -hmm. it definitely uh, aligns with the camaraderie, and and a lot of people have this, oh, oh, like the Star Trek and the Star Wars and the fantasy and and those, you know, convention spaces for, Mm -hmm. you know, the, that kind of like the animes, and they're like, oh, yeah, they're the geeks. I'm like, well, some of these geeks are nice and hot. So shut it. Uh, <laughs> some of these geeks are actually some of the narrators. But anyways, um, <laughs> we found a space that we can then hang out with and still do like now, hopefully going back to doing conventions and getting to hang out with other people of like minds mm-hmm. and just literally the equivalent of instead of playing video games or playing game board games, we're just flipping books around in the circle saying, okay, you, what do you like? Dark romance. Okay, here you go. And what do you do? <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. fun. Especially when you guys get to go. Have you been to conventions? Are you planning on going when things get better? I haven't been to a conven- to conventions yet. I am planning on it. I don't know. Um, 
I don't know if I'm allowed to say which one yet because I think they were waiting to like announce. The yeah, there's a couple of them. Yeah, that are out there. Um, so we'll keep an eye out yeah, for. Yeah, for but her. you will be seeing me soon. I'll just yeah. put it that way in person. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, or sign up to your newsletter, and I'm sure you'll be announcing it there too. So absolutely, yeah. That's the other. Yeah, I am. Um, I always announce everything that I can first in my newsletter before I put it anywhere else. I love so. that you have a newsletter. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to be able to like, I mean, I'm just amazed that people want to read it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the way that I tried to tell people um, and have conversation when they're like, well, I shouldn't have an e-letter. I'm like, well, here it is. We're being bombarded by all different angles all around us, 365 by social media ads and stuff like that. And it's not something that stays stagnant. It's constantly rolling. Right. When it comes down to like, hey, I think I saw Rose post something about an upcoming appearance. I have to figure out, was it on Facebook, on Instagram or Twitter? Okay, I think <laughs> I think it was on Instagram. Then you got to scroll, 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 scroll. Because now it's, it, was it a post or was it a story? Ah, oh, it was a story. Damn it, it's gone. <sighs> you know? And re- when, you know, when it comes down to then having a website, it's there. Appearances. Right. Or newsletter, it just stays in my inbox. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of that in there, but I know I could just do a search rose and boom, there you are. Yeah. Um, and you call us your rosebuds. So <laughs> cute. I'm like, I'm a rosebud. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't resist. It just, I know. it was so perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a thing about terms of endearment. I love them. And so those little nicknames and stuff like that just makes me, it's again, like part of a love language for me. And so getting out, I'm a rosebud, yay. (laughs) And I'm just, you know, it's just, I guess maybe, maybe it's just me. I don't know, but I love that stuff. But yeah, so I love the fact that you have that newsletter. So I'll make sure to include the link to it in the post so people can sign up and that way they'll get to know first before it's announced anywhere else because those are also the perks of having a newsletter is when you can share (laughs) and and you get a free um exclusive audio when you sign up by Mm -hmm. deborah anastasia we're written by deborah anastasia um her book she had a time travel romance that's just really it's so different than the books that we've been talking about of hers Mm -hmm. um so far but it's so beautiful it's such beautiful story um and I recorded 40 minutes of that, like a little 40 minute snippet of that, that you receive when you sign up for the emails. And that book was never made into audio. So this is like the only way you can hear hmm. some of it. Um, so that's a, a fun little gift that I wanted to give to people who who um, sign up to get the emails. That's awesome. Yep. So again, I'll be including that link because I know that everybody's like curious about time travel. I mean, hello, Outlander. Um <laughs> And of course, you narrating it and also Deborah writing it. So it'll be fun to have that. So if you guys have not subscribed and become a rosebud, you have to. You have to. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) When you're not working in that little spare time, (laughs) what do you do for fun? I love gardening and bike, just being outside, pretty much Mm -hmm. doing anything outside, (laughs) biking, hiking, gardening. um, Yeah just sitting in a park I don't know I love to be outside especially (laughs) especially spending so much time indoors whether it's on stage or not right now but you know in theaters Mm -hmm. or in my booth um it's uh yeah it's good to be outside when you're not narrating it do you read romance outside of work the truth is I don't have any time to read anything else (laughs) outside of work I know every narrator says that but it's I'm always either in the midst of recording something or prepping something or both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I rarely have any time to read anything. Um, 
uh, to be honest, I'd never I'd never read a romance novel before recording them. I was already recording other types of books, so I was already sort of inundated with with that um, and scripts because I do I work in in new works in theater. Um, so I'm always reading new scripts and working on new scripts too. I'm always reading something. Um, but I hadn't really experienced romance until one, you know, one project came my way. Um, but now I really enjoy it. And I, I love that I get to read it every day. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a happy, sort of a happy accident. That's good. If you could have any animal as a pet, so not just domestic animals, I'm talking about like zebras, if you wanted one, what would it be and why? And we're assuming that like I could fit this thing in my oh, house. Or absolutely, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. there's no limitations. I think I've had to like okay. preference that. Just, like, just if you can have <laughs> one, regardless of house sizes or whatever, you know. I think I'd want a giraffe. Mm. They're just so intriguing. Like I just could stare at a giraffe all day. They're so interesting to look mm-hmm. at, and they're just massive, which. I don't know. It just boggles my mind how big they are. Um, and they seem so gentle and sweet. Yep. So I think that's what I want. Plus, they could help me reach really tall things. So <laughs> get things off of the highest shelves. Yeah. <laughs> or like off the roof or whatever. Yeah, they'll probably look at you saying, mm, not quite what we meant. <laughs> yeah, they are very majestic and mm-hmm. amazing how that works for them because you know body and length of the the the, the neck is just amazing and they're so yeah. gentle yeah they're, they're yeah they're fascinating they're just fascinating mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. if you could live anywhere in the world no worrying about money or anything that's going on right now where would it be live there like full-time live there um hmm. i don't know um I went on my honeymoon to the Pacific Northwest and we went to, I think it's called Granby Island in um, Vancouver in, in Canada. And that, and it had like a little artist enclave there that I always thought seemed really fun. I don't even know if that's still what it is. I don't know, but um, I could totally see myself living there. I don't know. I'm really, I tend to be happy wherever. <laughs> like I'm a pretty easy to please person. I'm, my husband and I used to talk about this all the time. Anytime we'd travel anywhere mm-hmm. when that was a thing that people did, um, we would always like say, oh yeah, we could live. We both would be in agreement that, oh, we could live here. Oh, we could live here. We, you know, mm-hmm. I could kind of make, I can make anything work. I lived in Italy for a while and I loved that. Um, I love Napoli and Naples. Like, is a really, really special place to me. So I, w- I would live there. I don't know. I really, I really <laughs> could be happy. I could be happy anywhere. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking, you know, that you would probably be a good, like that you would be good in like Italy between the gardening and the outside yeah. and just a bit more of the relax and look at you already lived there. See? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't live in Naples. I lived right. in Northern Italy and yeah. Milan, um, which are very, very different places. Yeah. But I think if I were to live in Italy again, I'd want to live you know, on the coastline and Mm -hmm. live in Southern Italy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I really like it there. Mm -hmm. And I had, I made some really wonderful friendships in in Southern Italy when I was traveling around there that I think just really colored the whole experience for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just have very, very fond memories (laughs) of that time. So I I would live there. Okay. Cool. 
Like I said, when you were saying that, I'm going, she would really fit in in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> if you could be any Disney character, which one would you be? Moana. <laughs> <laughs> I love Moana. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, because she lives outside. And she like, but she was also very, yeah, but she was also very gutsy. Yeah. Yeah. There's those strong women again. She's, yeah. She, um, she is my favorite. She's my favorite Disney mm-hmm. character to date. And I think I've seen nearly all of that. I, I was a big Disney, like the animated movies that they made mm-hmm. every year. I was a huge fan uh, growing up. And actually that's what got me into a voiceover. Um, I always had this dream of being, you know, playing a Disney princess, um, but mainly because I'm a singer and I loved the idea that I would get to act and sing in a movie and something about ju- it just being my voice was really exciting to me. I think again, cause I, I've always had like super terrible stage fright, which I've learned to navigate, as I said, as I've gotten older and even when I was a kid, but I liked the idea that I could do all these things that I loved without anyone having to see me or look mm-hmm. at me. Um, so I, I always wanted to be a Disney princess. And when I learned that you, not because I wanted to be a princess, but only because of the singing and acting and being a cartoon thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, well, it isn't until recently that the main characters were not a princess. Exactly. So. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, exactly. Um, and Moana was the first one that I really, I don't know if I, I think I identified with, like, I never really identified with most of those characters. Mm-hmm. I just liked the concept, but in her, I mean, I was a, an adult, obviously when that movie came out, <laughs> but it was the first time that I was like, Oh, this is like a person I could really get behind. Like, I like this. Mm-hmm. I like this person a lot. I like this character and I like how strong she is. Um, so yeah, I would choose Moana. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I think when p- people ask me about my favorites, the three that I always come up with are not really princess. Well, they're technically mm-hmm. the way that you look at it, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it, that's part of the conversation that sometimes we have is that until recently there was, everything was the damsel in distress. Right. And I think like Belle was maybe the first one that didn't really have a lot of distress because she took ownership of it, but then people sure. flipped that around into something else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, so we have, you know, Moana and Mulan. I think that was another one too, that was not a princess originally but yeah I think that's one of the only ones I haven't seen I don't oh. I think it's like the timing of it coming out it was before I had kids but it was after I was already like a grown-up I think or like yeah you know, too old. so I missed it um I should watch I should watch that oh, but yeah, now um, you have kids and you can use them as an excuse for a lot of different yeah. things to see. yeah <laughs> I mean hey I don't need an excuse I would just watch it myself I just don't have time to watch yeah. anything um mm-hmm. but I yeah I, I think that's one of the few that I'm that and um same thing with the frog the frog prince i forget what they actually called it the princess and the frog princess and the frog yeah um that's a fun one yeah i the timing of that coming out i kind of missed it though i really want to watch that one i've tried to get my kids to watch it but they're like really sensitive both of them are really sensitive to conflict um they basically can only watch winnie the pooh like they can't they can't make it they can't make it through most things and one of my kids is eight like they just they can't they can't do it yet so mm. I'll like I'll be like oh yes I finally get to see this movie and then five minutes and they make us turn it off <laughs> so I have so cute I love it <laughs> yeah I have a friend that has two little girls and they, they're still still into like Snow White and Cinderella I'm like when are, they, when are you gonna put Brave on and he's like mm-hmm. they're not ready for Brave I'm like come on it has cute teddy bears mm-hmm. Brave's one of my favorites uh yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so yeah, I can see where that whole 
part of the age, but also sometimes that sensitivity to to certain concepts. Is... Yeah, like too much action, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, they, I think I think for kids, like action plays out as suspense mm-hmm. because they don't, it, it moves around too much and they don't know what's going to happen. And something yeah. like that feels really scary, mm-hmm. at least for my kids. <laughs> no, and some kids are extra sensitive to stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. one of those where in someone's, I mean, I had some friends that with kids that you can literally watch Halloween Horror Nights, for an example, and oh, they wow. were like, and they would go straight to bed right afterwards. Oh, wow. Not that a nightmare, is- nothing, you know, nothing. And then otherwise you said something that's you know darkness and they're like no so it, it yeah it, that's it, not my kids <laughs> we're not watching any scary Halloween no yo, exactly so everybody's different which is always fun when you're trying to figure out what to watch and yeah. figure out what's going on it's like I cannot wait this is why a lot of parents have tvs in their own rooms for this same exact same reason so they don't have to worry about it uh, yeah but yeah growing up yeah that, again it's I love the kids like mm-hmm. only so much you can take sometimes to them. <laughs> Yeah, especially right now when they're mm-hmm. around all, all the time. time, all the time. <laughs> yeah, I just got a new booth. Um, I saw. And, did you oh, saw name her? I did. It's Betty Booth. And my yeah. husband, my husband surprised me with some um, like um, uh, decal, you know, like vinyl oh, lettering. I suggest that. It, yeah, it says <laughs> Betty Booth on it now. I'm very excited. Yes. I'm, we're just fixing up the room that we have it in where um completely changing the room now that the booth is in here and it's so beautiful and we're like oh we have to make this room look different so we're painting the whole thing and moving all the furniture around so when it's also and I'm moving my whole office into the same room where the booth is because it wouldn't fit in my actual office um mm-hmm. so we're making that we're just changing stuff around but when the whole thing is set up I'm gonna do a like a live video tour of the whole nice. thing um so you'll get to see the the Betty Booth label but I was gonna say I got this this studio bricks which is very popular with all the it is stay-at-home voice actors right now um but I was so one of the things I was so excited about is that I now have an isolated soundproof mostly soundproof room that I can just go in and not have to listen to anyone asking me a gajillion questions and asking me to make them something and yelling in my face and yeah oh my god it's just like I can have some silence this is amazing yep and they have to get through at least two doors the room door and then your door so yeah that's right I need that separation I know. Yeah. I have the, just the one door and mine is 18 and he still pops in. So um, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm like, I know I'm not a narrator, but maybe I was looking at the different booths that they had and they uh, yeah. have some that are bigger. And I'm going, I could, could I validate this for the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can make an office space, like a silent office space in one for sure. If, if they were bigger, mine's very small, but um, yeah. yeah, there's all kinds of purposes for us, mm-hmm. for a, <laughs> quiet quiet room go in there <laughs> shut the door and yell um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but that is great I know that you saw I had seen that you posted about it and you're doing the naming thing I was like oh I yeah. hope she does that one with the Betty Booth one yeah. is so cute. and then yeah. I thought about it that decal I'm like oh we should make her decals I'm glad your husband thought of that yeah it That's was so it. sweet husband I wins so surprised yeah yeah. <laughs> um, yeah this has been you know I said I started voiceover in 2009 so this has been like what is that? Thir- 12 years in the mm-hmm. making. Um, yeah. I it's it's a it was a big day when the booth arrived. It's very <laughs> exciting. Um, it's those little things. Dreaming of this day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have to like exclusively record when everyone's asleep or, you know, really unpleasant times of day. Like I can do whatever I want. It's very 
It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a rite of passage. You start off like, hey, I'm going to be a narrator. You make the decision. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, where am I going to record? Ooh, closet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you start improving and things like that. It's almost like when you decide, I mean, beforehand, you guys could go to the studios. But even then, sometimes it was one of those, again, working from home is always easier. Um, but when you get that booth, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you guys have definitely um, have had fun with that. And I love seeing you guys get all giddy about it. It's so <laughs> cute. I love it. It's just fun stuff. Um, speaking of fun, and I know that a lot of us do this and we don't, some people don't care. Some people do care and some will just belt it out. You as a singer, this will be a good question. What song do you have to sing along with when you hear it, regardless of where you're at? Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Anything by Queen, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, That's a good song. Yeah. 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 Do you do all the different parts? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, that or any, or um, Bobby McGee, mm-hmm. Janis Joplin's version. Yeah. That's another one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those are, that's what I would say. That's, that was the f- quickest decision I made in any of the questions. You I asked. know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sometimes we have it and it's one of those where, you know, uh, you know, people will be like, oh, I don't know. It depends if, if, if and they don't have a favorite one, but then they hear it, they sing it or it, it just becomes an, and I think it's hilarious when you're in the grocery store at a store and they're, they bust out this rare, rare song that you haven't heard since like the 90s and mm. then they and then the next thing right afterwards it's the station saying classical music and you're going no <laughs> yeah. oldies oldies i'm yeah. going no <laughs> yeah yeah that's getting that's getting really mm-hmm. um that hurts yeah. my soul uh, these yeah days. <laughs> it's getting bad yeah but it's also fun too because it's one of those sometimes i see them in the in pushing the, the the carts and there's a music and i'm you know just humming along because you know public um but then you go down the aisle and you see someone not giving three flying fucks and they're <laughs> belting it out and they're dancing and going i like you <laughs> that's that might be me you may have seen me in the grocery that, store. That, that, yeah probably, <laughs> but i would join along so it was you you know so they'll you know bust out like my husband likes to play that game where it's like a groovy song and he goes "Ooh, it's making me move look at that <laughs> i'm going okay honey no <laughs> But that Bohemian's Rhapsody is a really good song. And I can totally picture you doing that whole entire thing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's going to be a good visual now. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to get myself into trouble at like some convention or something. Someone's going to hold me to it and start Oh, you know what? Okay, (laughs) I have it all planned with people. If you're listening to this and we're going to a convention where Rose is going to be at. (laughs) Just start like when we see her and we found where she's at, just start singing along. Start Start it and see if she starts and continues it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> another one is um Chain of Fools, Aretha Franklin song. Yeah. That's another one that I really love to sing at the top of my lungs. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fun. Oh, see, we already have things planned out and we don't know when it's gonna happen, but we have plans. <laughs> plans <are> <laughs> what is your favorite word? Favorite word. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have a favorite word, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is kind of sad for somebody who spends so much time talking. Well, maybe you haven't found it yet. That's how yeah. I like to see it, that you haven't found it yet because it hasn't come across you yet. Um, but do you have a favorite curse word? 
this is going to sound super, super lame, but I actually don't really curse in my life. I do a lot in books. I was going to um, say. <laughs> a lot. And it's not that I'm opposed to it. It's just not a way that I express myself. I mm-hmm. don't, I really don't, I don't know why. It's just never been a part of my life. I, I truly don't know why. Like my dad, was had a really foul mouth and so does my (laughs) sister it's not like I didn't grow up with that in my life I just Mm -hmm. actually actually now that I say it I think I do know why (laughs) it was probably a rebellion against my family probably Um, (laughs) just wanting to be just wanting to be the opposite of everything Mm -hmm. Uh, um, I was like they do this well I'm gonna do the opposite Um, maybe that's why so I don't Mm -hmm. really I don't really have a favorite curse word because I don't really say them Mm -hmm. um you substitute, you know, like, like I know that people will do the whole baloney for bullshit. No, Not even I, I say crap a lot. Okay. <laughs> Every once in a while, if something really, mostly it's in the car, hopefully when my child is not, my three-year-old <laughs> is not there, but um, I like if I get road rage a little bit when people <laughs> do stupid <laughs> stuff driving and I'll, I'll, you know, like say damn or shit or whatever but i like don't um i don't yeah other than that i don't like in when i'm with other people i never find myself expressing myself that way i don't i don't know why i know it's really lame <laughs> it's not lame i find it rather intriguing and interesting <laughs> it, it be, and I, yeah well i also asked about the different words is because there was this one author who wrote a story and the series was um based on different holidays so the Christmas one, it was about an elf, it was a heroine. And she didn't curse, but she's things like fudgeable sticks and oh. mint, you know, stuff like that, uh-huh. that for a while there, I just started using because it was yeah. fun. Um, and then fast forward kids and you, you know, you're trying to be what people classify as a good parent. And so not doing any curse words and oh my God, that was stressful. Yeah. Like, you can only use baloney for so many things, you know, or fudge. Yeah. And I'm the girl that grew up similar in that sense like I did not use foul words or you know curse words or however people wanted to to say them growing up because that's not how the household was um and having parents from different countries was always fun because when he would say a bad word dad it you know to him it wasn't a bad word but to my mom again different country yeah Mm -hmm, it was mm -hmm. And the vice versa. So I'm like, I think yeah. I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I had the same thing, actually. My, my, my dad was not born in the United States. And so um, there, there were all sorts of curse words, both in English and like other, like several other languages that mm-hmm. would come out all the time. Um, but I, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't ever do yeah, any of yeah, that. That's good. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think actually I do have a favorite word, but it's not in English. Okay. Um, it's in Yiddish. <laughs> I don't actually even say this word. I, I don't ever use this word, but I just really like it. Geschmacked is a word that I really like, um, which is like, I think it means, if I'm rem- remembering correctly, like really wonderful, like really delicious, like perfect. I don't think there's a real translation um, it's a pretty in English, word. I really like that word. It's pretty. <laughs> I like it. Um, <laughs> See, sometimes you can, it's, it's interesting too, that a lot of people automatically think when I ask that question, it's been like, oh, English. And then and they're like, no, I go, it's, I said word. It doesn't have to be in English, you know, mm-hmm. cause we have different mm-hmm. dialogues and people have traveled, you know, and we learn different words. And so that, mm-hmm. that's a pretty one. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's one that I really like. But again, I don't think I've ever actually used that word in my life. I just really like the sound of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. I like it. Um, So we've reached the points of our game section for our chat today. So um, we have this game where we play with our guests called Two Truths and a Lie, where Mm -hmm. we ask you to tell us three things about yourselves. And we, I like to say we, because I like to pretend that the listeners are playing along with me. I really (laughs) do hope that they are. So I always ask that they make their guesses in the comments (laughs) to see which one, if they were right or not. But we try to guess which one's the lie um, and then kind of go from there. So okay. if you're writing. I'm ready. I think okay. this is, we'll see. I tried, uh, this may be very hard, but here we go. Okay. My first and only tennis lesson was from a world number one tennis player, Arthur Ashe, or the world number one tennis player, Arthur Ashe. Um, number two is I went to my husband's birthday party while in labor with my first child at a bar. <laughs> And number three is my mother's first cousin is Martha Stewart. Wow. This is why I give them this as homework <laughs> to allow it to them get as creative as possible. And then I remember, fuck. I yeah, I spent some time thinking, <laughs> I spent some time thinking about this. <laughs> All right. So got lessons from famous a tennis player. Um, labor going Mm -hmm. to your husband's birthday party at a bar or your mother's first cousin is Martha Stewart. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. Um, Hmm. Oh my goodness. All could be possible. But at the same time, I want to say that you would not go into labor at a bar without knowing it. So is that the lie? That is not a lie. Oh, <laughs> it's true. There's a whole story behind it. But yes, that is yeah. true. I oh, was wow. at a bar in labor for my husband's birthday <laughs> for a party we had planned. <laughs> and like, I was already okay. in labor when I went. Oh, my God, woman. <laughs> <laughs> was this your first child or the second? This was my first child. Oh, my goodness. Um, I had. So the story is that I had been in labor for a really long time. I had I was in labor with my first child for like a week just early labor. Um, and we had planned my husband's birthday, obviously, and my child's birthday are, are like very close together. It turns Mm -hmm. out they ended up being two days apart. Um, and I said to my husband, like, we had planned this party. This is the last time you're ever going to have a birthday party because your birthday is the same time as your kids. It's always going to be about your kid. (laughs) So we're having a birthday party for you. But then I was in labor and it just never stopped and never progressed. And it just continued. And I, I had to have a, cesarean with my first child because Mm -hmm. they were um stubborn what yes yes very (laughs) stubborn and continue to be stubborn to this day but also they were they were the way they were positioned they were not going to be coming out so I think that's part of why the labor never progressed because Mm -hmm. the kid was just not moving um it's like nope (laughs) yeah but so I had been I had been in labor for all this time I was like there's no difference here like I'm having you know like nothing's gonna happen nothing's gonna change I've been experiencing this for a week we just have to live our lives. So, oh my God. <laughs> so I was, so I was at the bar while in early labor. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. And that's what, that's the other reason too, why I asked if it was the first or the second, because again, it, we tend to, anytime we do something for the first time, we freak out. We're a bit more precautionary. We're like, oh my God. And the second one you're going, it's okay. 
I still got a couple of hours, (laughs) you know? Um, but yeah. Wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is true. Okay. So that is true. So now we have either Martha Stewart is your first cut that your mom's first cousin or Mm -hmm. the tennis. Um, wow. Okay. Hmm. Tennis is alive. That's true. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was thinking like Martha Stewart being like thrown in there. It just has to be the truth to some extent, but yeah. Because <laughs> uh, that That's was so true. random, you know? Yeah, like, I know. And she's going really all out on the whole pregnancy at the labor thing at the bar. So <laughs> that has to not be, okay, girl, you got me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew it would be hard, but yeah, the tennis lesson is crazy. I've never, first of all, I should say, I like, I used to be a dancer, so I suppose that was my sport, but I'm not a sports player of any kind, mm-hmm. um, especially tennis. I know nothing about tennis. I don't understand anything about tennis. I've never really played tennis in any fashion. I had one tennis lesson in my whole life, and it was because we were at a conference for my parents' work in Florida, actually, when I was mm-hmm. really little. Um, I don't know. I must have been somewhere between six and eight years old or something. And I have no idea the circumstances of this. I'll have to ask my my mom. But for some reason, Arthur Ashe, who I don't know if you know who Arthur Ashe is. <laughs> I actually didn't know who Arthur Ashe was. <laughs> and I, um, who was an incredibly, incredibly famous tennis player, was at this place where we were staying for this conference and was offering tennis lessons. I don't know. I don't know why. But my parents were like, you have to, we have to sign you up for this tennis lesson because this guy's super famous. Um, so I had a tennis lesson with Arthur, Arthur Ashe. And the funny part of this story is that my husband was talking, referenced Arthur Ashe sometime, like a few years ago. And I was like, oh, I know that name. And he's like, yeah, he's like one of the world's most famous tennis players. And I said, no, I think I've met him before. I'm pretty sure I had a tennis lesson with him. And he was like, no, 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 no. You did not have a tennis <laughs> lesson with this world champion or world number one tennis player. And I said, no, i I really think I did. And he asked my mom and, and it, I had remembered correctly. I had had a tennis lesson with Arthur Ashe and my husband, I think it's the, my favorite. I think it's my husband's favorite thing about me. Like the, his favorite story about me because it's so absurd. Not <laughs> the course, labor one. Wow. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was like completely wasted on me to have this tennis lesson with this super famous tennis player. Oh my um, yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, both of those things are absurd things to have happened, but they're both true. <laughs> okay, so Martha Stewart is not related. Good God, it's yeah. I would love to. I, I, well, I don't know. I would be interested to meet Martha Stewart anyway, mm-hmm. but I'm not related to her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, these were really fun. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for for uh, for the prompt because it was really funny to kind of come up with them and think about yeah. what I would say. <laughs> Yeah, but I find it fascinating because, you know, we don't get to know you guys a whole lot except for like maybe accent work and things like that. And then what you Mm -hmm. guys do share. And I think it's just just a fun way to get to know each other, you know, Mm -hmm. from you guys better rather. And it's but also to figure out how good of a liar you can. I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I told him to want to go to figure out how good of a liar. And he's like, we are actors, you know, most of us are actors. I'm going, yeah, yeah, whatever. (laughs) So yeah. So thank you. Those were fun. Good. Oh my goodness. That label one's going to stick with me for a while. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I feel like I've scarred you. At that no, story. no, no. It's just one of those fascinating because again, as you know, as I've had friends that had been through it and the different, the variety of, of what could happen as soon as that labor thing starts. 
you know, mm-hmm. it could take anything like you were saying from days to hours to weeks. And some of them, mm-hmm. if it's a second child, sometimes it could be, oh, okay, I'm done. Doing, and the kid comes out and right. then it's like, wow. So uh, men's powers. I'm like, she went to a freaking bar. Yeah. I, I was that. In, for my second one, I was in labor for 15 hours oh my God. and most of that was active labor. I had like really, really oh. long active labor. Ugh. Um, yeah. So two very different experiences, both yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. And also it's going to be fun when they get older. <laughs> to complain to them about what they did to me. <laughs> no, no, I, mean, I always say you can always ground them now for things like that. But um, just to have those conversations, like I know when I was talking to my parents and my grandmother and they would tell us stories about stuff that they did while we were in the, you know, around or coming out like that pregnancy story I mean the idea that you know mom was in labor with me at a bar (laughs) (laughs) to celebrate my dad's last birthday because we're going to ruin it you know so it's all the things that the kids are going to be having lots of fun when they get older Uh, (laughs) so before we go can you tell us um what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you that you can share Um, yeah, there's a couple things I can share. I think some of it I I probably can't yet. Um, right now, or I just finished recording, um, a book for Deborah Anastasia actually with podium audio. Um, it is the follow-up to drowning in stars, um, called stealing the stars. So drowning, drowning in stars was a, a book I did. I think it came back, came out this past January. Um, and, and Stealing the Stars is a focus on one of the characters, one of the sort of minor characters in that book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really lovely, I guess you'd call that a duet, right? Like the two, just two, like a series that's just two books. Yeah. Um, and um, it's, it's an, this one I actually don't change ages throughout, but, um, or I do a little bit, but nothing that really required me to change my voice at all uh, in that way. But it's another like, I think there's like, um, I don't know what the genre is. I saw the name for it the other day, but like, a, it's teens, like, a, it's not a YA, but it's like a teen romance. And there was a like, um, like emerging adult or something. Oh, like my that. God, they did not bust out with that title. No. I, I don't I don't think that's what it's called. Okay, because we, we have YA and we yeah. have new adults. Yeah, and it's Wish. something in be- it's and something it's- in between those. It's because I, I guess what it is is they don't want to categorize it as YA because there's actually sex in it. Um, but it's also not new adult because um, they're not like they're not adults. You know, they're still teens. <laughs> so I don't I forget what the name of it is. Mm-hmm. Um, look that up then. I hadn't heard the term before, yeah, <laughs> but that's that what this but that's what this book is. The the main characters are like eighteen or one of them is 18 and the other is I think 17, um, approaching 18. Um, so that I just finished recording. I'm not sure when that comes out, but probably the next few months this month, I have, I think three books that are being released. Um, one, I just saw went up on audible. I didn't know that I could talk about it yet, but since it's on audible, I will. I'm, I did a little nova, a couple novellas, um, for Helena hunting for her, um, Clipped Wings series, which I had recorded a book in many, many years ago at this point, maybe like three years ago. Um, so that's with Jason Clark and me um, called Cracks in the Armor. And that comes out on the 15th of June. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, on I think June 10th, is a Rena Kent book called um, 
Red Thorns. Yep. And then in July, early July, um, is the follow-up to that called Black Thorns. And those were recorded with Teddy Hamilton and Jacob Morgan. So three this month. Um, I'm now working on, I don't think I can actually, I'm not sure if I can say what this is, but I'll, I'll just say I'm working on a series right now that I'll be recording back to back. It's like four books plus a novella or something like that. Um, I have no idea when that one's coming out, probably not till winter. And then what else? Oh, I'm just like, there's a lot coming up. I wish I could talk about more of it. <laughs> I'm, one thing I can talk about, I don't have any details, but I'll be recording a book, my first book for Lauren Blakely mm -hmm. um, in, I think in the end of July, I'll be recording that one. Um, so I'm super excited about that because um, I love that Lauren writes with narrators in mind mm -hmm. and write, writes for audio, for audio specifically. Um, I think that'll be really fun and it, it kind of changes the way the writing is and, um, and Lauren's just super, super sweet. So I'm excited to work with her and I, yeah, that covers a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a lot. Thanks. Yeah. Um, there's more, but yeah, if you sign up for my mailing list, you'll always be the first <laughs> to know as I, you know, as I am allowed to, to talk about stuff, I always put it there. It's community.rosedioro.com slash rosebuds. Mm -hmm. And I'm working on a website, a more robust website besides that little landing page, um, that I'm hoping to release this month for mm -hmm. audiobook month. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there'll be, yeah, so there'll be lots of samples on there and, and other fun stuff and you know I'll be sure to have releases and stuff listed on there too nice cool yeah. make sure to share it once it's up and running mm -hmm. awesome that'll be just rosedior.com but it's not yeah. it's not ready yet yeah. <laughs> it's amazing it takes a lot of stuff and people are like it's easy well, it's not that difficult to create a website but when you want it right and you want mm -hmm. specific stuff in especially when you start adding audio clips oh it gets a little more hectic. Like, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i've built a few websites for different projects and mm -hmm. things um something i like to do but it's very time consuming and it I pretty much every time I've done it in the middle of it, I'm like, why, why am I doing this? Why didn't I hire somebody to do this? What's wrong with me? But then I'm always so proud of myself at the end when it looks the way I wanted to. And I did it all by myself. Yes. Yes. I, I totally understand that concept. Yeah. <laughs> Still learning about, you know, hiring out for things. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, something I tell my clients all the time, things that you don't like to do, things that you, you prefer to do other things, hire people out, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it's another conversation for another story at a bar with drinks. I'm <laughs> right. <just> kidding. <laughs> well, in labor. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no not in labor. <laughs> well, thank you, Rose, for being part of this year's audiobook loving series. Greatly appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And everyone, thank you for hanging out with us today. And we hope you've enjoyed this interview as well as the series. And until next time, happy listenings. The Audiobook Lovin' Podcast has special Patreon incentives. Join today to receive early access to podcast episodes, exclusive content with our guests, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin'. Thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' series, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. We hope you have enjoyed this episode as well as the series. We've included audio samples of our guests' work within the post for you to check out. Please make sure to visit the main page, link within the post, to learn more about the series, the authors, and the narrators. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to this series if you enjoy today's episode. 
Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program.